Welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're going to be in Isaiah 34, but before we go there, I really just wanted to share my heart a little bit with you. Today I've been in my quiet times thinking about and praying about really what next to do. Um, the situation in Ukraine is, is concerning. I happen to be reading a lot about the various tribulations and circumstances there, and then also seeing some of the portrayal of the various people involved um, from the media, how they are portraying everybody. There's a lot of confusion on uh, my part as to exactly what's true and what's not. And what God put on my heart when I was praying and, and thinking about this was we really need to just pray. You need to pray daily and pray daily for your leaders, for the leadership of our nation, and to keep praying daily for them. And I happen to be on Getter. Uh, I'm on there as just a guy, 10, 20, 21. And he put on my heart to challenge people to pray daily for our leadership, for those in authority. It's from First Timothy um, 2, and it's uh, verses uh, 1, and, 1 to 2, 1 to 3. And anyways, it's, it's really about praying for those in authority, that they would have wise, make wise decision, that they would have discernment and wisdom. And our senior leadership in our country needs discernment. They need wisdom. They need God to intervene and help them see. We need to pray that they would know who he is, that they would learn who he is, and that he, they would listen to his voice. Just as we're on our journey and we've been listening to the voice of God or listening for his voice and also looking to trying to see others as he sees them, we need to pray daily that they would too, that they would also be striving to see his, see his, his creation and his people as he sees them and love his people and his creation as he does and also to understand his will and to hear his voice. So I just lift up that, that prayer that on a daily basis we could pray for the, for the leadership of our country and of the world, that they would turn back to him and seek out his wisdom and his guidance. So anyways, with that said, in chapter 34, verse 1, we get into God's judgment against the nations. Again, this is, this is uh, during the end times. Come near you nations and listen. Pay attention, you people. Let the earth hear and all that is in it, the world and all that comes out of it. The Lord is angry with all nations. His wrath is on all of their armies. He will totally destroy them. He will give them over to slaughter. Their slain will be thrown out. Their dead bodies will stink. The mountains will be soaked with their blood. All the stars in the sky will be dissolved and the heavens rolled up like a scroll. All the starry hosts will fall like withered leaves from the vine, like shriveled figs from the fig tree. So it's not a very uh, positive message here on this. It's the results of the nations rebelling and rebelling against God, which we've seen quite a bit in the previous chapters, the outcome of what happens there. My sword is drunk from its its fill in the heavens. See, it descends in judgment on Edom, the people I have totally destroyed. The sword of the Lord is bathed in blood. It is covered with fat, the blood of lambs and goats, fat from the kidneys of rams. 
For the Lord is a sacrifice in Basra, and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. And the wild oxen will fall with them, the bull calves and the great bulls. Their land will be drenched with blood, and the dust will be soaked with fat. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of retribution to uphold Zion's cause. Edom's streams will be turned into pitch, her dust into burning sulfur. Her land will become blazing pitch. It will not be quenched night or day. The smoke will rise forever. I mean, that's pretty brutal. I don't know if you've seen tar pitched lit on fire. You can't get it off you. You can't get it off whatever it is that it's burning. They used it to in the naval battles. And it was great for that because even if you threw water on it, it didn't go out. It kept burning. So it's a very, very destructive message being being portrayed. From generation to generation, it will lie desolate. No one will ever pass through it again. The desert owl and screech owl will possess it. The great owl and the raven will rest there. God will stretch out over Edom, the measuring line of chaos and the plumb line of desolation. Her nobles will have nothing there to be called a kingdom. All her princes will vanish away. Thorns will overrun her citadels, nettles and brambles her strongholds. She will become a, a haunt for jackals, a home for owls. Desert creatures will meet with hyenas, and wild goats will bleat to each other. There the night creatures will also lie down and find for themselves places of rest. The owl will nest there and lay eggs. She will hatch them and care for her young. Under the shadow of her wings there also the falcons will gather, and each with its, with its mate. Look in the scroll of the Lord and read. None of these will be missing. Not one will lack her mate, for it is his mouth that has given the order, and the Spirit will gather them together. He allots their, por- their portions. He hands dis- his hand distributes them by measure. They will possess it forever and will dwell there from generation to gen- generation. So another country or another land is, is brought low, and the desolation is extensive. It's really one of those times where we've seen the vengeance of God. We've seen the vengeance that he has for those who disobey, for those who do not repent, who do not listen to him. And I just take this as with all of the other readings and say, thank God that we have the Israelites and the rest of the, old, the, the, the world to show us how not to behave. I had a brother who was always, you know, I looked up to quite a bit. But unfortunately for him, he made some bad decisions in his life. And I learned from those. And I think with the, he also made some good decisions. I learned from him a lot. I don't want to paint the wrong picture. But at the same time, we need to take advantage of those learning opportunities. And we see in the case of the Israelites so many times when they didn't turn to God and they turned to others, where we've seen other nations oppressing those, leaders not protecting the the widows and the orphans, taking bribes and being dishonest. We've seen the outcome of that. And so the challenge is, how do we incorporate this into our lives? How do I incorporate, incorporate it into mine? I'm not trying to tell you all how to do it. I'm just saying I need to do it. And what I can really see and I feel on my heart is to pray daily and to seek his will and to pray for our nation and Joe Biden 
and Nancy Pelosi, all people that I don't hold in the highest regard, but I know I'm called to pray for them, to lift them up with my heart, with true passion, and to pray for them, that they would have wisdom, that they would do right, and that God would guide our nation. Because again, he's seen the beginning, he's seen the, the middle, and he's seen the end. He knows what's happening, and he's in control. So with that, I just close in prayer. Lord God, I thank you for this day, for taking care of us, for the many blessings you've bestowed on us, and for protecting all of our family and our friends. I just pray that our hearts would grow closer to you, that our walk would be one that pleases you. I pray that when there's twists and turns, you would help us understand why, that you would help us understand what to do to get back on the path if we stray. But that we pray. That, I pray that our, your Holy Spirit would keep each of us walking on the path to get closer to you. I just lift up my brothers and sisters and pray for their, forget, their protection and that your mercies and grace would be upon them. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day.